Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Trend Talks. We cannot get more topical since we'll be discussing real estate in Malta. Joining me today is Angelique Spina, director within our advisory practice, Lindsay Abdullah, a manager in advisory, and architect Justin Mitzi from Archiplus. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for inviting us. I'm looking forward to our conversation. You have been recently involved in quite a detailed project in relation to the transparency of the real estate market. Can you briefly explain what it involved? And I would like to understand better the what went around the word okay. transparency. Um, so really, when it comes to real estate, transparency is in mainly associated with the availability of data, but not only that, that's only part of it in reality. A transparent real estate market is one where there's consistency, you know, there's certainty as well, and there is the enforcement of rules and regulations, corporate governance principle are observed. And when it comes to property transactions, obviously also because everything is done in a transparent manner, they would take place in a fair and equitable manner. That's in a way, in a nutshell, because I can continue, but I I decided to stop on this Um, one. Why transparency? So um, it was quite a courageous move in my view to um, go for this project. Yes, I think uh, one of the main factors that led us to to focus on the transparency of the real estate market is the benefits encompassing such a market because there are numerous benefits associated with transparency. Um, As a starting point, transparency in a business tends to create trust and this very much ties into our PwC global strategy which is called the new equation. In fact, um, the new equation focuses on building trust in society and delivering sustained outcomes. Now, recognizing the benefits of a transparent market and knowing that Malta, unfortunately, would probably not rank highly on the JLL transparency scale, we wanted to raise more awareness about the topic as all stakeholders within the country, be it government, investors and the nation as a whole, stand to gain from greater transparency. You are mentioning the benefits of a transparent market. Can you share a bit of these with us? Um, Really and truly, there are many and there's an endless list, but let's try and just mention a few to to, to focus a little bit as to what, what one can gain out of transparency. First of all, transparency leads to increased productivity and efficiency, as well as continued foreign direct investment, meaning foreigners buying into real estate in Malta in various shapes and form. And this is definitely very beneficial for the economy as a whole. When we speak of transparency, another benefit is that there are increased disclosures and transparency tend to lead also to better security, particularly in areas related to money laundering, tax evasion, corruption and related and other related issues, even ownership, for instance. 
by having this access to data, developers, investors may be better able to decide, for instance, what type of property they want to build. Uh, many at times from our experience in the sector, we find people, investors, not knowing if there's an oversupply of a particular type of real estate asset. For instance, offices comes to mind. And many at times we have to do ad hoc studies that are very laborious and also difficult to source the data to be able to do them. I think at this stage, maybe you can add a couple of, of other benefits if you can think of, Lindsay. Yes, um, just perhaps to add on a, a few. Um, increased data will also facilitate um, policy development and long-term real estate planning. And it also aids in terms of the feasibility of uh, large uh, projects. Um, typically, when clients start considering the possibility of investing, let's say, in large mixed-use developments, they start getting different viewpoints from different stakeholders. Real estate agents tend to be the more optimistic ones, for example, whereas the bankers um, tend to air more cautious views. Then you have the architects who also tend to present their, their own views, and this tends to lead to a lack of consistency and, and a lack of transparency. And as Angelique said, then this often leads us to preparing detailed market studies and analysis in order to answer certain questions which in other cities and markets could be easily answered given that the data would be readily available there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Lindsay mm-hmm. and Angelique, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you a bit of a challenging question if I can. Do you believe um, from what you have seen that the timing was right for this project and for this data to now be available? I think we are at a stage in in the market where we have a burning need to actually have this data readily available. I think that that, uh, there is significant, everyone in some form or shape is exposed to real estate, even as an individual owner, either of our house, and we tend to hoard property even as a culture. So I think more and more we find more questions being asked at this stage. Hence, in terms of timing, I think this is that this is the perfect time to start it off. I would say even from what you shared in the LinkedIn video, considering our ranking, I would agree that the timing is right in the sense, given that we have, um, we're in the 60 second spot, um, I believe, and also we need to take action around it since there were like 94 countries involved. So our ranking is not um, excellent, let's put it this way. Did this come as a surprise and what were your reactions to to this? Okay. Um, We have to admit that uh, Malta's score of 3.64 didn't really come as a surprise, um, given that we face challenges on a daily basis in the work we do. When we prepare and review valuations, we find difficulties in assessing how the market is faring, particularly when it comes to commercial properties. One of the key assumptions underlying a property valuation is the discount rate and effectively the yield. Our starting point always tends to be research, so we try to gather market data to understand what is happening in the market, what transactions are taking place and at what prices, and this is done based on information included in the public domain. 
We typically also update this research on an ongoing basis, but we still challenge and question the information because it is difficult to understand whether a sample of a few transactions is representative of the property in question. Mm-hmm. And so the benefits, I would say, of having data is one from the consumer side, so who wishes to purchase a property or valuing their personal property. And then obviously there is the business side, the bigger transactions, which as well sometimes, unfortunately, don't have enough data to base their and your valuations as well. Um, Lindsay, you're focusing on the topic of market data, which I understand is quite important. Um, Angelique, are there any other areas that affected your outlook on the study and the potential results? Yes, there are other areas. Just maybe I can, I can mention a few findings which I think really stood out. Uh, you know, one, one of them, for instance, is that we know that the governance of listed vehicles, regulation, legal processes and frameworks that exist in Malta are really indicative of a robust legal framework. So, you know, that is a benefit and that is good to mm-hmm. mention. Also, from a disclosure mm-hmm. point of view, in reality, we have listed companies which publish, you know, their annual reports in English and makes it easier for international investors to analyze the company's performance. This this is mentioned really and truly because in other countries where the JLL uh, platform and, and test is done, this is not a natural, this is not an obvious finding. For us, this, to be honest, is quite an mm-hmm. obvious finding. We also, just to mention another one, um, sort of we, we do we did realize through our connection with a number of people in the market that there is uh, adequate uh, project and property management companies that are available in Malta. And when it comes to service charges, you know, there's, there's often reconciliations that happens between landlords and, 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 and tenants in terms of the costs that, that are incurred. These are just a few examples. Sustainability is a very hot topic um, nowadays. How does this fit in within the JLL Gretti projects? Sustainability is also an area where we feel we need to improve as a country. In fact, Malta lags behind on the Transparency Index on this front, and this owes to a number of reasons. I think it's an important factor to consider in that in the JLL Gretti, one of the areas which is tested and looked into in detail is sustainability. So it's one of the pillars within real estate. Now, if we look at malt and why we performed badly in this area in a way, first thing is that um, a well-established energy benchmarking system in Malta is not used, is not used in the market. And while there are minimum energy efficiency standards for new buildings, the same are not in place for existing properties. We also need to emphasize the fact that there is no tracking of greenhouse gas emissions, often referred to as GAG emissions, uh, for real estate at a national level here. They're not available, whereas in other countries, this is this is a given in a way for certain countries, not all of them, but for some of them, it is a given. I can, the, the, the list is endless here. I can mention maybe one other point on sustainability that in terms of green building certification systems, such as the BREAM and LEED, are only used voluntarily. Um, similarly, climate risk reporting is not mandatory for all buildings. So these are just a few mm-hmm. examples. It's true, but it's very helpful even to me to understand also, considering real estate, how important it is in our country. And then knowing how we are lacking behind 
on assessing and having data and doing certain, you know, reports. Um, it is quite an eye-opener in my view. Um, we have been mentioning like data, now sustainability, which um, bring to mind technology. How does technology affect the real estate industry? Um, technology can also even be useful within the real estate sector. In fact, there are a number of technologies that could lead to improvements in the way properties and facilities are managed, for example, or the manner in which real estate data is collated, cleaned and analyzed. Um, however, these are currently not being used or else being adopted only by very few industry participants in Malta. We can also mention the fact that the prop tech industry is still at a very infant stage. Then you also have certain smart building technologies and construction technologies that could significantly reduce costs or build time that again are currently either at an early stage of adoption um, or adopted by a few industry participants. When it comes to technology within the real estate sector at government level, there is the eApps portal and map server that are used um, for the submission of online applications and also for development control. We can also say that the land registry has started a process of digitizing the, the land records. But having said this, there is still more that could be done both on a national and individual entity basis when it comes to the utilization of technology in order to make certain processes more efficient mm -hmm. and effective. It's good to hear, though, that certain steps have been taken already. Yes, yes, I think it's being seen as a priority. In a way, in a way Liz, this also shows us potentially that by the next gritty round we sh we should see an improvement obviously if these initiatives go to port and actually are are implemented i'm very happy that you mentioned the word gritty because it was my next question to be fair um in the report is mentioned as well can you please break it down a bit for us in the sense what it means what is the purpose behind it so we can you know fully understand the um, the purpose and value of the project. So first of all, as an acronym, acronym it stands for Global Real Estate Transparency Index. Okay, that's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's nothing to do with grated cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but we can now give you a bit more because that still is uh, in a way a very wide term mm -hmm. but uh, in reality I think uh, Liz your question is more related to what the project entailed what it relates to exactly and I think in terms first of all the project was done in collaboration as well with Archiplus it is a, a local architectural firm um, and in fact later on today we will have uh, Justin Mitzi a property valuer from the same firm joining us together we assisted JLL um, in compiling the survey results for Malta for inclusion in their 2022 uh, GRETI, which is the Global Real Estate Transparency Index. In terms of JLL, another question, who are JLL and, and why did we go to JLL? Sorry, I'm asking my, my, yes, myself yes. the same questions, but when you think about it, it's not You're obvious. you me do my job. <laughs> <laughs> True. So in terms of, of JLL, JLL, they are a leading professional services firm that specialize in real estate and investment management. However, they have no presence in Malta. And as such, this study they conduct in, in another 94, 93 countries. So this study they have 
sometimes because they have prisons, sometimes because still they don't have prisons and they have alliances like they have done with us for Malta. So that hopefully gives a little bit of context in terms of what we mean by JLL uh, Gritty and, and how it applies to Malta. Yes, it puts everything into context. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay, so now I feel I have understood Gretti. <laughs> but is it only about data on transaction prices? No, um, in reality, the breadth of the questions covered by the survey is quite uh, vast. When we saw that JLL's question were so widespread, in fact, ranging from accounting disclosures to sustainability and technology, as we already discussed, to the availability of data and much more, we knew, unfortunately, that we wouldn't have scored well on certain aspects. To a certain extent, we knew we would have scored well in terms of disclosures and regulatory and legal aspects, for example, because it is clear that there is a system in place and there is a way of how things are done. But when you look at transparency in a wider context, it is not just the disclosures that make an entity transparent, but also its adoption of sustainability practices, the market data available on a national level, and much more. Um, in fact, in Malta, data in relation to contracted rents and property prices, vacancy rates and gross capitalization rates, just to mention a few, is in most cases either not collated or else not publicly available. And whereas some data is available with respect to residential properties, publicly available data is more limited when it comes to commercial mm-hmm. properties. It gives you the impression, even the fact that the legal setup is correct, it's okay. And that sort of in the past, the setup was done, but then during the course of years, when changes were happening locally and Europe and the world, locally, we didn't update our rules, regulations and stuff. And now sort of we're getting ahead of reality and we have to rush and come up to speed with with these Perhaps items. Perhaps it is an area that could evolve more. Definitely. So. I mean, from what you're saying, I mean, it's, it is in my view 100% yes, we have to um, make a move around this area. Um, Linz, you have you are mentioning like questions in this survey. Can I ask if the questions were handled by your side, were answered by who? Who participated in this survey? To give some context, the answer, first of all, the survey questions, which we mentioned earlier on, um, they are essentially, there were around two, more than 200 survey questions. And no, the answer is we didn't answer them okay. all ourselves. They were You're only... considering they were 200. <laughs> <laughs> so, we don't I, have... I, I assume we had to analyze them and get, you know, into the detail. But... <laughs> uh, it would have been great if we had the expertise to answer them all. In fact, in reality, to answer the questions representatively, we reached out to several stakeholders and this took quite a long period of time. In fact, these stakeholders are both within the private and the public sector. And among them, just to mention who we contacted, there are architects, real estate investors, real estate agents, key developers, lawyers, notaries, a lot of companies that operate within the sector as well. Uh, To mention another side is that we also liaised with entities such as the NSO 
Central Bank of Malta, the Housing Authority, the MDA, the Malta Chamber. And in reality, you know, we've collated the feedback all through these various uh, stakeholders. And then that is how the index uh, came along. Quite impressive, I might say. (laughs) And you mentioned as well that the questions were quite widespread. Um, Can you give some examples of the main findings of the study? Um, well, there are okay. quite no, quite a number, but just let's start the first one. If we focus on the lack of availability of contracted sales data for both residential and commercial uh, properties, places definitely a heavy rela- reliance on the use of advertised rates. We all know that advertised rates tend to differ from the contracted rates. It's partly due to negotiations and commissions, but there's more than that as, as well. And the point I'd like to mention is that when you look at advertised, you don't really know the location of the property. Whereas if we had contracted data, we also know the location and that variance in price can be more more identifiable. So it's not p- exactly. So it's not just the negotiations and commissions. And to mention another point related to this, uh, to, to, to the fact of having contracted sales data is that we recently conducted a study where we compared the 2020 monthly contracted rents based on the housing authority data as they include them in the annual Malta residential rental study and the advertised rents for two and three bedroom residential apartments as listed on real estate agent websites. And what we noted is that for the selection of localities analyzed, advertised rents exceeded the contracted rents and the range is between 10 to 30 percent. In reality, this translates to between a month and three months worth of rent. And now, and also in addition to what Angelique is saying, um, when it comes to yields, market-derived yields are also not available in Malta. And as a result, there tends to be a lack of consistency in valuations and a significant variation in the yields and discount rates applied in valuations of all property types. On a day-to-day basis, we also find that certain professionals within the sector continue to apply historical yields for the same or similar properties year on year. And at times, this may also be done without challenging prior year work. In fact, it is not the first time that we come across valuation reports of, let's say, office blocks in Slema that are still valued using a cap rate of 5%, even though um, circumstances might have changed and the market changed over time. And when you consider that the valuation is being used either for financial reporting purposes or as backup by the banks, uh, particularly if the property is used as collateral, it is especially important for that valuation to be robust. And as, as we also mentioned earlier, when it comes to data, the lack of data available in connection to the supply of particular property types tends to make it even more difficult for investors and public policymakers to understand whether the supply of office offerings in certain locations may be exceeding demand, just to give an example. And again, just to latch on to, to what we mentioned earlier, several investors typically ask us to prepare market studies in order to 
for them to be able to understand a bit the dynamics of the market and to assess the risks of undertaking a particular project. Taking into consideration the points we just discussed, um, namely lack of market data, sustainability, the involvement of technology, what risks do you think a market such as Malta is A point is well worth mentioning to this is the fact that many a times we have market studies commissioned by local companies, but we have also quite a number commissioned by foreign entities or foreign investors that in reality one of the things that shies them away from huge investments in the local market is not the quality by itself but is the fact that they can't they don't know where it stands compared to um, other properties that lack of transparency creates a sense of um, a, a, a sense of a problem for them in reality when they know that if they invest in other countries, in other territories, that problem would be addressed. So, Justin, now I'm going to turn to you. You have the honor of being the first architect sitting on the Trend Talks seat. (laughs) Um, As I mentioned, you're an architect um, turned property valuer. How would having a more transparent market impact your profession? Well, it's not professionality. Um, It's more that the skeleton is there. The foundations are there. We have a good number of valuers. In fact, most often PwC, we collaborate with. Sometimes there are competition. (laughs) And the same with estate agents, etc. But in terms of competence and professionalism, there's never been a study in Malta which actually quantified how consistent our valuations, what's the quality, what's the accuracy. So I can't say our valuations Mm -hmm. are professional. In fact, many people out there probably have the the feeling that it's the standard isn't subpar, uh, isn't to, uh, to, to international standard. Uh, but yes, the, the key issue is data. And in fact, some people say mm-hmm. for valuations to improve, we need data. Some say it's competence. In reality, it's an element, an element of both. If you have all the competence but no data, you can't have a quality valuation. If you have all the data without the competence, the same, the same thing. Um, we're speaking a bit about challenges around the real estate in the industry. Um, what are the other difficulties that you encounter and you face? Um, so obviously data is definitely number one. And the other big, there are many other big challenges which we face. Um, another really big one, which is something which is not known as finding valuers. The valuation profession recently only grew significantly over the last few years. COVID helped. Uh, so I'm sure all my competitors and colleagues will agree finding valuers is definitely the biggest challenge. And there are many others. The two I'd like to discuss today were two which were brought up in this study. Um, one of them is planning policies. And you might say, what do planning policies have to do with, with valuations? So when it came to the predictability mm-hmm. of land use and policies in Malta, Malta didn't score too badly. Actually, we got a moderate to good result in the study. And um, when it comes to the, the planning authority, um, one thing you definitely have to give them credit to is they have a very, very good uh, software and website where it's easy to basically access and understand what policies there are, track permits, etc. However, Malta does have significant issues when it comes to planning policies, and these can basically create very okay. significant difficulties for both valuers and investors. This comes down to basically enforcement of, of planning use. So sometimes you might have a development site, you have to value, and the valuer always has to be a bit conservative, and he should only base the valuation on something that's realistically going to be approved. So, was the, and so obviously, the, the value would increase for that developer. The seller who sells it for a lower price might get angry in the future, etc. Is that the valuer's fault? No, it's hard to predict. 
And it basically this creates a less equitable and and, tran and transparent playing field, which puts away some of the smaller developers from entering entering the market. Uh, another really big challenge we have is a really simple one that can be fixed overnight. And this is basically measurement standards. What do I mean by this? Measurements are one really important aspect of valuations. You can imagine the size of a property is one of the main things which increases or decreases value. And one problem we have is that we don't have proper measurement standards. So when I say what's the size of a property, the size can really vary depending on many things. Does it include the thicknesses of the wall, the shafts, the voids, etc. And the problem in Malta is we have many different definitions of measurements for different purposes. So we have one definition for, for valuations, one for planning, one for cost estimates, etc. Uh, so this creates confusion, where in many cases, a measurement which is suitable for the planning authority is then used for valuations, and that creates a bit of confusion in the market. And the same company which did this transparency index, JL, had done another study uh, abroad, and they had said, basically, they looked at all the countries they have offices in, and they said, if we have to get the same property and measure it in all the different definitions we find in these countries, it can create a difference in measurement of up to 24%, which is a significant difference. And this leads to a really important question. It's basically, how can the real estate profession expect to receive the same credibility as other professions, especially in advisory, if we can't get something as simple as definitions right? Very good. Um, yeah. Angelique, you have mentioned earlier the topic of valuations. Um, how did Malta fare when it comes to valuations? Um, yes, Liz. I mean, latching on to what uh, Justin has mentioned earlier on, I think there are a key, some key action points. Um, you know, by focusing on certain points that may be easily addressed in the short term with continued sustained effort within the fields of sustainability and digitization, there is scope really for Malta to move in the scale upwards so then in such that we improve our transparency by the next round of the JLL Gritty in two years' time. However, I think a point to mention is that in order to increase our transparency, Malta should focus on initiatives that are targeted towards digitalization and the publication of contracted market data in a way that allows it to be captured and consolidated systematically. That would lead to better insights and for increased market confidence in a nutshell we are living in a digitalized world. This market data to be easily accessible by professionals at large needs to be available on a digital platform to be accessible to all the valuers. As I mentioned earlier, there are many who are active in this, in this segment. It should also incentivize more sustainable practices in real estate to encourage uptake. I'm sure I haven't mentioned all, and there might be um, some others that, that, that you could take forward. I, I agree with this. That I mean, the key thing, the key barrier we have, which is basically to make us a more transparent market, is that basically there are simply too many barriers in collecting and sharing data. So we just really can't make this jump. Uh, I don't think there's any main stakeholder which doesn't benefit from this and I think most of them if not all of them want it banks will definitely benefit from it government as well economists uh, advisors and valuers such as ourselves the only really sector which benefits from not having a transparent market are the large developers why because with time and experience they've gained this data because they're so large in the industry they have so many connections network so they have a benefit over, over everyone else so that advantage is very key for the large developers however there are still many advantages for these large developers which i'm sure outweigh outweigh the cons of not having of not having transparency 
But the key to make this jump is simply to be a, to me, to be a transparent market, is to shift the mentality of your stakeholders, which, which is happening. And the shift has to basically be at the moment. In the past, we used to have an information hiding uh, mentality, where basically, in, in the past, if, if my colleague would call an accountant or an estate agent to basically collaborate or share data, and when it comes to valuations, they wouldn't share it, they'll keep it to themselves. That shift has changed. Today, valuations are all about networking and collaboration. So the shift has definitely happened. Uh, so I'm extremely optimistic. I mean, my career is relatively short. I've only been working for, for six years, and I've seen the shift change significantly over this short time. Uh, and this is not only happening in the public sector, but in the private, as I mentioned before. And we can see this, basically, there's an increase in collaborations uh, between private firms from different sectors in sharing their data and launching reports and studies, such as the one that ourselves and PwC no. did. did exactly. I, whilst you were talking, I was going, I was thinking, and um, my next question would be, do you see willingness locally for, you know, this transparency to increase? So now we have this these results. Um, so what next? Do you think that um, we will manage, you know, to push a bit in terms of being more transparent and being more in line with other foreign countries as well and push the 62 a bit <laughs> more up? I think, let's, let me answer the two together. First of all, we believe that we should utilize our first national JLL real estate transparency index score to set targets where we wish to what we wish to achieve over the next few years. And we need to look at other nations that have managed to improve their transparency rating over the years. So if we take, for instance, Luxembourg, which is, you know, Malta's small European counterpart, has witnessed an improvement in its JLL gritty ranking Albeit, let's say, let's say it, it 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 did rank in the transparent tier, but it has placed twenty fifth place in the two, in the one of twenty twenty two in comparison to the thirty second place earlier on in two thousand and eighteen. So there has been a journey for other countries, and I think Malta should embark in that journey as well. I think that a good way forward is the availability of reliable transacted property data as I said earlier on, available on a digital platform to keep layers so that everyone is is working on the same playing field across all different professions. And I think with this, we are also confident that the gradual improvement of our transparency within the sector will enhance the level of trust and ensure sustainability of the industry moving forward. So, yes, I think you can book us in for another podcast in two years' time. Very good to hear as well, because obviously collaboration helps all parties um, all parties would gain um Angelique you mentioned um, that this this study happens every two years um are we going to be involved again in this study it's, I think it's the the burning question <laughs> and as well then either you or Justin do you think we will manage to improve our score um the key point or the tit key take home point from our end is that we feel we've uh, um, we're contributing to the community and to the society at large by embarking mm-hmm. in this study about the transparency of real estate in Malta it is particularly um, at the forefront of PwC's global strategy which is the new equation so I think this this in in, in a nutshell does let on to uh, to the overall um, PwC strategy. And for myself, besides hoping that you'll have 
other architects on this podcast within the next few years. Uh, I mentioned earlier that my career has been relatively short, six years. So what I'd like to see in the next six years of my career is that at the moment, um, advisors and valuers are chosen very often based on the amount Mm -hmm. of data they have. And I don't think that should be a competitive advantage. Data is something which everyone should have and people should not be selecting their their professionals based on the data but based on the competence and their analysis of that data so i hope that soon in the future data will just basically be something which is available to everyone and people can then go into what really matters which is how to use that data and what's the best to do with it thank you thank you angelique thank you you, justin thank you you, lindsay it's been very um, interesting for me it has been the longest podcast i have done so far but i must admit although i have been involved in this project from a marketing perspective i can honestly say that today i fully understood its purpose and its value so thank you very much and also finally thank you to our listeners for tuning in 